the night. The most trusted source for top to bottom coverage of everyone's favorite mid 90s animated program. Instead of roared, but roar! I'm your host, Liz Zirkle. Wow, you're just making a mess of this intro. I was cheering like a crowd, like gargoyles, and then you know, it's been like 80 weeks, Liz. <laughs> yeah, just trying to mix it up a little bit, keep it fresh, keeping it messy. What? <laughs> well, Liz is your messy host, and I am your clean host, very clean, so clean. My name is Daniel Williams. I'm the cleanest man this side of the Mississippi, <laughs> is what they call me. And we're here to talk about gargoyles. It's what we do. It's the burden that we've placed on ourselves. <laughs> hey, Liz. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't get a hay back. No, that's cool. So oh, today I'm we're sorry. covering Gargoyles <laughs> Season 3, Episode 8, Genesis Undone. Ha- Liz, I'm just going to keep rolling. You jump in whenever you feel ready. <laughs> this episode aired November 9th. 1996. Mm -hmm. Good contribution. It was directed by (laughs) Charles E. Bastian, as they all have been. And it was written by our favorite fuckboy, Carrie Bates. Carrie Bates! Carrie doing... I was going to say the Lord's work this week, but I don't know what God he prays to to come up with this fucking wild episode. (laughs) Uh, God bless you, Carrie Bates. We needed you. (laughs) This season needed you. And I got to say, this was the first one of the season three that I was really like, okay, yeah. It was crazy, and it was weird, and I was into it. It was a type of weird, you weren't just like, ugh, okay, this is ridiculous. You're like, what the hell? What? So many twists and turns? It was the kind of weird that only a seasoned gargoyle writer could give us. Yeah, for sure. So thank you, Carrie Bates. Thank you for, despite there being no horniness in this episode, giving us something to happily cringe at. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I was like, this is so gross and weird. This is classic Carrie Bates. (laughs) No horniness, but still some daddy issues. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my. Well, before we get into it, listeners, please don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and review on your podcatcher of choice, because without them, we'll never earn enough to take that bus ride to the coast and make our dreams come true. Yeah, that. She's nailing it this week, folks. And we begin at Castle Wyvern. Liz, it's a dark and stormy night, and all Hudson wants to do is watch the goddamn TV. (laughs) He's so angry. He's like over the top angry here. Like he's roaring and just like making a fuss. And do they have like a new flat screen? Like that didn't look like their old fat TV. I don't know if it's a new TV, but we do learn that Lexington installed a satellite <laughs> and it's not working. <laughs> and I guess no one explained to Hudson that when there is inclement weather, sometimes satellites don't function properly. What's well, funny because he even said, I thought you said that this worked in any weather. I'm like, ha ha ha. Oh, to have a satellite TV back in the day, you never had that shit working. Dish Network fucking lied to you, bro. <laughs> So it's storming and Broadway isn't home yet. Suddenly we see what appears to be the shape of Broadway appear. But alas, it's not Broadway. It's in fact his clone Hollywood. Why was everyone so worried about Broadway coming home? Was he supposed to pick up dinner or something? (laughs) That's the only thing that makes sense. Like, oh, fuck, finally, Broadway's home. The pizza's here. (laughs) Oh, that'd be really soggy pizza in that storm. Well, I mean, he clearly didn't check the weather channel because of the bad storm that was coming. So he couldn't see that it was already storming. Yeah, he didn't look (laughs) outside is what it was. (laughs) Well, Hollywood is looking a little rough around the edges. Yeah, and in the middle. (laughs) A little bit rough everywhere. (laughs) 
he's oozing green stuff. And he's got weird green patches, and he looks like he's on death's door. Turns out he's not the only sick one. All of the clone clan is sick, and it is most definitely life-threatening. What's weird about this is that not too far behind, Talon is following. Like, why didn't they fly together? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, because it's definitely like, hello, I'm here. A chunk of time goes by. Talon's like, hello. (laughs) Hi, let me explain the situation. Like, I don't know. Why didn't you come ahead? Okay, whatever. Hey, buddy. And you would think because Talon can actually fly and not just glide and isn't dying that he would have been faster than Hollywood. But I guess the Palgoyles needed the visual because what we get here is a complete lack of empathy from Hudson when Hollywood shows up. He does not give a shit about these clones or their illness. That's harsh. Yeah, it almost seems like Hudson's like, well, I mean, they're just clones. They're not real gargoyles. Why should we give a fuck? I'm like, ooh. That's heavy, man. Angela calls him on that shit. (laughs) Yeah, thank God. He's like, no sympathy, really, buddy? Come on. Shut up, Grandpa. How about you just go sit down and watch your fuzzy TV? (laughs) He's like, I would love to, but the weather wizards outside have deemed it impossible. (laughs) Goliath agrees to bring the whole clan down to the labyrinth to check out the rest of the clones. So we move to the labyrinth. And at this meeting, the clone clan catches everyone up on the situation and why exactly the Palgoyles were summoned. We have little time left. Though none of us trust Savarius, we felt he was our only hope. He made us. He said he could cure us. <coughs> but he can't be bothered. Savarius said it would take a concentrate of new tissue from all of you gargoyles to make enough serum to heal us. I can do nothing more for them. Their fate is in your hands. Oh, cool. Dr. Snape's in this episode. (laughs) This was Jeremy's first time seeing any Dr. Snape because he he had his back to the TV and he turned around. He's like, is that Tim Curry? I'm like, yeah, it is. He's really, really creepy in this. (laughs) So Dr. Snape is his usual creepy lying self. I don't buy what he's trying to sell us here, but what choice do the clones have? Yeah, the clones have no choice but to believe that hopefully Snape can fix them. But the Palgoyles, they're like, ugh. Man, we've been tricked by this guy so many times. Like, so many times. Do we have to? <laughs> and Angela's like, uh, yeah, just look at them. Of course you have to, you assholes. Why would you even consider not? Give those dudes more of your DNA juice. <laughs> so we head over to Dr. Snape's mega mansion. Has he always had this big of a place? No, as we learn. So as they land at the mansion, who should appear in our foreground but Phalog? <laughs> Two of my favorite people in the same episode. Two of the creepiest characters this show has ever created. (laughs) The gargoyles break into Dr. Snape's mansion, and this shit had me rolling. Liz, they wake him up out of a stone-cold sleep, but I don't know if you were paying attention to Dr. Snape as he was sleeping, because he sounds like he's got sleep apnea, like he's (laughs) choking to death. (laughs) Yeah, he definitely needs one of those little machines. (laughs) They wake him up and he shouts something like, oh, no, don't hurt me. <laughs> what? <laughs> Didn't you tell the clones to bring the gargoyles to you? Uh, he just probably knows he has so many enemies that he has to be on edge all the time. <laughs> okay, one more thing about this, Liz. Did you also notice that it appears that in Dr. Snape's gigantic mansion, he's sleeping in a double bed? <laughs> it's so little in that giant room. Yeah. <laughs> 
I was like, how does he not have like four king size beds pushed together into some mega ultra king bed? Some god bed. Because I think that would just make him realize how lonely and alone he is because <laughs> there's just so much space oh, and he's all by oh, himself. Poor doctor. You know what? Not even going to finish that sentence. Fuck that guy. No, he does not deserve that. <laughs> so, Dr. Snape in this scene is probably the most Dr. Snape Dr. Snape's ever been and also the best. Mm -hmm. Because once he sees who's awoken him from his slumber, he's like, ah, fuck you guys. I don't, ew, gross. I don't want to deal with you. And then Goliath picks him up by the shirt. And he's like, oh, oh, what I meant was, oh, those poor babies. I can't wait to make them some kind of serums. Oh, they look like they need my help. <laughs> Goliath was not here to play. He's like, you're going to fucking do it, dude. <laughs> yeah, Goliath is very persuasive here. So they immediately get to work. Yet again, I'm curious about the timeline. The timeline of this isn't nearly as fucked up as last week. But like, maybe Dr. Snape just likes to go to bed early. Because it's just like, he's dead asleep. Like, that man's been asleep for a while. <laughs> it's nine o'clock. It's stormy. The, the rain is making me sleepy. I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. So in this lab, Snape tells Goliath that if the clones don't get his untested treatment, they won't live through the night. And my question was, how come the clones waited so long to visit the Palgoyles? How long had they been sick? Yeah, I want to know that too. I'm very curious how quickly this increased in severity for them. Yeah, because Dr. Snape calls it a breakdown in the genetic makeup that happened during the cloning process or something, or like a... Basically, his cloning process was fucked up from the get-go. Yeah, and so, yeah, the DNA strands have been breaking down. Has that been happening since they were cloned? Has it been a slow, drawn-out process? Yeah, I don't know. Or did it get to a certain point... Where, like, they were fine. Yeah, because this is the clones last night. Right, which is insane. Like, <laughs> like, ah, oh, good thing you showed up today because they're going to be dead tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So the good news is if the Palgoyles agree to give up the maximum amount of DNA, which I'm not even going to ask what the fuck that's supposed to mean. <laughs> That this incredibly experimental and possibly fake treatment will save the clones. Now, I was confused at first about this treatment because my initial assumption was that each Palgoyle had to give their specific DNA to their clones. And I was like, how does that help the lady clone? Because her DNA came from Dreambo and Demona. But as we got further into the episode, it made it sound like just general gargoyle DNA was what Snape needed, which also doesn't sound right. But I'm not here to argue that. Because what do I know? Yeah. And the interesting thing about Delilah is, according to a Wikipedia gargoyle page, Delilah is not technically a clone. She's an original hybrid creature created by fusing 90% of Demona with 10% of Dreamboat. But if she is not actually a clone and is a hybrid creature, I guess her DNA is still having the same issues. If I was to guess it seems to have more to do with Snape's fucking experimental science more than what they are like whatever process he used because it seems like he used the same general process right goliath isn't too sure he wants to trust the clan to dr snape and i mean fair yeah who <laughs> could blame him we've met dr snape before like history shows us you probably shouldn't <laughs> yeah but we got to get through the rest of this episode so let's see what happens let's see how dr snape fucks us over this week <laughs> well we move on and they had agreed to it because again, if we don't, Angela's just going to keep guilt tripping us. <laughs> <laughs> 
So we see them having the procedure done, but like, what did he take from them? Just so much DNA. I don't know. What is the maximum amount? Like, why does he need more than a swab or something? I don't know. Or a vial of blood? Is he like scraping them? Like, what the fuck is he doing? Maybe he's doing it all. He's taking semen samples. He's taking saliva samples, blood, hair. Skin scrapes. I ew, ew. <laughs> I hate it. It's weird that they're not more afraid of what he's going to do. They seem just annoyed. But Snape <laughs> don't care because he's doing science. Yeah. He's like, I fucking love doing science. <laughs> See, that's where the horny comes in. He's just so horny for science. Yeah, his dick gets hard for biology. <laughs> I mean, it isn't that... <laughs> Never mind. Stop it. <laughs> After the procedure... And scrapings are finished. We cut to the clones still looking like shit as they all slowly die in their hospital beds. It's kind of weird seeing gargoyles lying down, don't you think? Yeah. We don't really see that that often. You think they'd be like squatting or something? Or at least sitting? Yeah. Perched on the back of a chair like Lexington? Yeah. Like a little cat. And elsewhere, Snape does weird science stuff. <laughs> so outside, Thalog is just still waiting to make his move. And he's like, I'm a clone of Goliath, so front doors are not my jam. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to scale the side of this mansion. Yeah, I bet there's an (laughs) elevator in there, dude. You could just go inside and take the elevator. (laughs) But nah. Well, back inside, after only an hour, 57 minutes, Snape claims to have the necessary treatment to save the clones. Huzzah! Oh my God. It just made me laugh. Like he's timing himself. Yeah, he was like... Boom! New personal best! Exactly. (laughs) And that's the moment that Thalog comes into the room, Goliath style. Of course. He rips the fucking door (laughs) off his hinges. (laughs) I've never met a door that I like. Fuck doors. He doesn't even (laughs) like those saloon doors, that it's mostly just open air. Yes. Thalog is not looking great either. He's got that same clone disease. Which is interesting, because wasn't he around... Like, well before the others. Yeah, it's really weird that all the clones seem to have become infected at about the same time. Yeah. So, Thalog has shown up to take all of the DNA juice because he's a dickhead that never learned to share. (laughs) And to show that he means business, Liz, he fires one of those now standard issue red nets from this crazy gun he's carrying. (laughs) This is so great. It snags up Dr. Snape, who, like, tumbles forward, and then it tacks him to the wall. (laughs) Now he's just hanging there. He literally is just hanging. <laughs> Goliath is like, hey, bro, you're sick. Should you really be fighting? There's six of us. There's one of you. We're not sick. You're dying. <laughs> cool it. And they hugs like, fuck you, Goliath. I'll show you who's sick. Give me that DNA juice. <laughs> he does hold his own. Yeah, but it's mostly because of this bonkers gun he has. He climbs up on some kind of science machine and he starts a blasting. <laughs> Yes. And that's when Lexington starts calling plays. He and Broadway have a move called Load and Fire, which, as it turns out, is just Broadway flinging Lex through the air. (laughs) I'm sorry, sir, but that is obviously a ripoff of the Wolverine-Colossus combo move, the fastball special. Fucking show some respect. Yes. Liz, you know the fastball special. I love Wolverine. Colossus, he grabs up Wolverine and he tucks him into a little ball and he just throws him. And then Wolverine becomes just a angry, hairy ball of claws and 
teeth. That's amazing. And that works because he's a teeny tiny little guy. Yeah. <laughs> it does seem Broadway throws him more like a paper airplane, though, because Lex has his wings open. Yeah, it's definitely more throw me into the pool so I can make a big splash kind of thing <laughs> versus a little bit. <laughs> but it works. And Lex goes careening into Thalog's gut, which knocks him off his perch on the science machine, into the waiting, loving arms of Goliath, who in turn <laughs> catches him like you would catch a volleyball and then throws him over his shoulder. <laughs> I will say, in this bit, it looked like Thalog had no weight to him, you know? There wasn't <laughs> there wasn't enough of a counter in Goliath's catch. Like He wasn't struggling to catch Thalog, which... I don't know. We've already said plenty about the animation in season three. So I guess eventually we have to stop harping on it. I mean, do we? (laughs) (laughs) They're not even trying. Maybe they are. Maybe they're trying their best. And maybe they were a bunch of C students in animation school. I would love to know what the budget cuts was for this season. Like what they spent on this stuff in season one and two versus three. It's very interesting. Yeah. Maybe they're doing their absolute best under the circumstance. Yeah. You have X amount of money, go forth. And they're like, well, why the fuck would I give you the very best if you're not going to pay for it? Wow. I think that we just totally turned around in these Canadian animators. <laughs> so the clan surrounds Thalog and Hudson is manning his weird gun. But Thalog's not out of this fight yet. Oh, no. He hits a button on his armor that triggers the gun's little rocket engine things. <laughs> it spooks Hudson and he shouts something like, what kind of sorcery is this? Dude, it's clearly not. It's technology. You're holding a gun for fuck's sake. What do you, I mean, I know you're old, but come on, buddy. I feel like that was very much a season one thing when they were still learning the universe. They're like, everything was sorcery and magic. And Deluxe would be like, guys, it's just fucking science. Like, it was like a callback to that, that he's like, ah, sorcery. You had <laughs> surgery last week, man. Was that sorcery? Too? Okay, that case, it might have been sorcery. Hmm. <laughs> He might be onto something. <laughs> anyway, this gun flies over to Thalog and he switches the barrel because it's got three different barrel settings and it electro zaps the group because, again, this is gargoyles. Yeah. He then walks over to Dr. Snape, calling him a craven coward. <laughs> Liz, he's not just a coward. He's a cowardly coward, <laughs> which is redundant, but true. Thalog just wanted to show off his vocabulary lessons. Yeah. It's fine. You know what? Craven means cowardly. Fine. Snape hands over the DNA juice and just runs the fuck away. And we cut to an ad break to consult our thesaurus. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Help others find our show by rating and reviewing on iTunes. Check out CalamityCast.com for even more content and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to get in touch and let us know how we're doing. If you like what you hear and you want to help keep the lights on, consider becoming a regular CalamityCast contributor on Patreon. Or if you'd like to make a one-time donation, you can do so at paypal.me slash CalamityCast. We appreciate your support and your donations truly make a difference. Well, I've just double-checked my thesaurus, everybody, and Craven and... Coward do mean the same thing. I'm feeling very smart right now. And we (laughs) are in the mansion of one of the smartest men in all of Gargoyle's history, Dr. Snape. He is smart. He is insane. Do you think he's smarter than Deluxe? I don't know. You know, as I was saying those words out loud, I'm like, is he? But Deluxe hires him to do crazy science shit. So Yeah, that's true. I think that it's more of 
different specialties, you know? That's what I, w- I was about to say. I think they both have their strengths. And Deluxe is smart enough to know if I want the best, I need to call on someone who has a specialization on something that isn't my specialty. Dr. Snape is a geneticist and Deluxe is, you know, like an engineer. Yeah. So the clone clan comes in to check on the progress And that's when they learn that Thalog came in, defeated the gargoyles, stole the serum while they were, I don't know, hanging out, eating pizza rolls in bed. I don't know. It is kind of weird. Like, why didn't they help? Like, I know they're sick and all that and they need to rest and save their strength. But like, you're like, oh, weird. I keep hearing loud banging noises and explosions. Eh, whatever. (laughs) It's Snape. (laughs) I don't have a ton of experience battling, but I do know the one time I fought the gargoyles, there were all of those sounds. (laughs) I'm not feeling well, so I'm going to stay in bed eating these pizza rolls. Yeah, I mean, fair. No, Liz, not fair. You don't eat pizza rolls in bed. You're going to get crumbs everywhere. Do you want ants? Because that's how you get ants. Yeah, it's a little greasy to eat in bed. Yeah, you don't want to get your greasy hands on the sheets. Ew. Good points. Good points. Thank you. So Snape tells them that they need to get out there and take down Thalog. It's the only way to get the DNA juice back. And as ill as they were two minutes ago when they weren't helping fight, they now decide that, eh, I guess he's right. We got to go get that juice. I mean, I guess it makes sense because since all the Palgoyles are unconscious, it's like, well, we either try or we die. (laughs) Call Talon. Where is Talon? (laughs) Talon's like, hey, I was the messenger. That's all my job entails in this situation. What is he? What is he doing? I thought that the Labyrinth folks also are defenders of the night, but just a different location. Oh, so they're more like Brooklyn. And the Palgoyles are more like Manhattan and nobody gives a fuck about the other boroughs. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we push forward eight or nine minutes and the Palgoyles regain consciousness. And I'm not even going to mention it, but (laughs) that was was too long. Snape plays like the clone clan just ran off without prompting. Yeah. And for some reason, the Palgoyles totally buy his shit. Why? Not only is he an untrustworthy bastard, but he's not even trying to sound convincing in this episode. At any point. Yeah. Wow, is this actually working? (laughs) Angela asks to no one in particular how the clones can possibly hope to beat Thalog, to which Hudson replies, Because we shall be there to lead the charge. Isn't this the same dude that earlier was like, fuck these clones? Yeah, I feel like this reaction makes way more sense than his initial reaction. Yeah. I'm glad he's having this moment, but it is very weird. It's not like, oh, then I spent, you know, a week with these clones and realize that they're just like us and we need to help them. It's been like two hours. (laughs) It's the exact opposite sentiment that you had earlier in the evening, sir. But I'm glad you came around. Yeah. Also, you're not leading anything because you're like, at this point, 10 minutes behind. Yes. (laughs) You're so far behind the charge. Fine. Okay. I love the enthusiasm. (laughs) Keep up that energy. Yeah. So the, the pals take off while Snape totally promises to double check the DNA markers or whatever. And it doesn't really matter what he's saying right now, because we all know he's a liar. Yeah. Once the gargoyles are gone, he pulls out what looks to be the DNA juice and heads over to the elevator. From there, we end up at a stump and Thalog. (laughs) It's it's Thalog's stump of operations. Right. Like he has a tree stump where he has a computer set up in a satellite. Liz, we've already established satellites aren't working in this weather. Well, apparently his does because oh, he's able to call Dr. Snape. What? <gasps> oh, come on. They were working together all along. Oh, it turns out he made the DNA juice for Thalog in exchange for just a shit ton of money. 
and presumably his own stash of tasty, tasty gargoyle DNA. Which variety? I don't want to know. Ew. Is it scabs? You are so gross. <laughs> <laughs> Let me lick the inside of your cheek. That's how I do DNA collection. Oh, my God. Yeah. So. Yes, Liz. Thalog is like, yeah, 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 you'll get your money, but I need to make sure this thing works first. So I'm going to inject myself. And Snape's like. Yeah, do it. Okay, great. Shoot it all right now. Let me watch. I want to watch. Something's wrong. Why? Why don't I feel any different? Elementary, my dear Thalog. This is the real serum. <laughs> the hypo I gave you was advanced stage clone virus. <laughs> you should start keeling over in pain any minute now. Advanced stage clone virus. Yeah. Whatever that is, is causing the clones to petrify, which sounds pretty painful. Do these clones turn to stone? I don't recall. I don't remember. I don't know that we've seen them. So what if they don't normally? That would be even more horrifying. If they're not used to this. I mean, presumably they do because they are made of gargoyle DNA. But that just made me wonder. Yeah, that's a really good thought. I'd be scary. These poor clones. That would be scary. Well, you know, Thalog seemed to be suffering a whole lot here, which I'm okay with. Yeah, this episode was interesting in the fact that, like, anytime there's a risk of someone dying, I'm like, oh my god, is Gargoyles actually going to kill someone? Like, how am I supposed to feel about someone like Thalog? Because I don't like him. I want him gone. But also, it feels weird to be rooting for the demise of someone. (laughs) No, you're just a much more gentle, good-hearted person than I am, because I don't feel weird about rooting for the demise of someone at all. All right, fair. (laughs) Snape was like, I gotcha. (laughs) It was fast. Let's see if this is even going to do what you think it's going to (laughs) do. Yeah, you've not tested this on anyone. This could totally fail. I just injected you and now you're totally going to petrify and uh, it's any minute now. Oh, oh, I should have tested this. Please don't come back to my home. He didn't even wait to see if it worked. He was just like, ha ha, I did it. Goodbye. Well, that's how science works, Liz. You just do a thing and then you walk away from it because of course it worked. It's science. It's never wrong. (laughs) Science always works on the very first try. Right. Yeah. That's science. (laughs) So like you said, he's too busy to stay on the FaceTime and watch Thalog die. So he hangs up to do more science stuff. And I guess that entails, in this case, moving some kind of glowy thing from one side of the room to another. Where, Liz, we see, holy hell, he's got his own gargoyle down here. Who's this motherfucker? I don't know, but they're awfully big. We don't get to learn the name of this new gargoyle because we have to move to nature. Nature, (laughs) Goulet! Just out in the rolling hills of... I don't know, New Jersey? Sure, that sounds right. Hudson spots his clone as he glides past, so he lands to see Burbank is turned to stone at night? It's weird that he's talking to Burbank (laughs) through the whole thing, and he gets up really close before he realizes that Burbank has turned to stone. Like, I know that we fixed your glaucoma, dude, so (laughs) why are you acting like you can't see this statue in front of you? It is kind of funny when they talk to themselves, but I guess it's like, how else are you supposed to get the information? Because it's not like you're reading their thoughts or whatever. (laughs) That's true. So I just have to speak my thoughts out loud so the viewer knows what's happening. Well, but... It's nothing that needed to be said. He could have just landed and spotted a stone Burbank, but he's talking about like, oh, well, I see you had to rest. Yeah, when you're our age, you know, you got to take a breather every once in a while, blah, blah, blah. <gasps> stone at night? Like, shut up. You're not pushing the plot forward. You're just talking, man. That is very true. You goofball. <laughs> 
<laughs> so from Hudson's shock and awe, we move to see Angela and Brooklyn as they're chasing Delilah. Not sure why, but it definitely has those vibes. Yeah. And she turns to stone in midair. Which is so scary. We've seen it before. It's scary every time. Yeah. And they catch her, Liz. But they all crash to the ground. I got real nervous there that Delilah was about to just like burst into a billion rocks. Quick question. Do the gargoyles, does their mass change when they turn to stone? Because it seemed like Angela and Brooklyn were having a hard time stopping Delilah from falling once she changed. Like they had her as she was changing. Her weight was one thing. And then she turned to stone and they just plummeted Hmm. as if she took on additional mass. I don't know. Because I mean, like spoilers to later, but we see them carrying each of them carrying their own stone very easily. I guess I just needed the drama of crashing to the ground. Yeah, that was cheap drama. <laughs> so I don't think we see anyone else change. We cu- we got to cut back to Dr. Snape's lab, right? Yeah. So we're back in the lab and the glowy thing that Snape made is like a necklace. It's cute. Yeah. Is the necklace full of DNA? I don't quite understand what the necklace does for this gargoyle. Oh, yeah. There is no explanation as to what this thing is that they put on this gargoyle's neck. But I like the idea that it's like a camel pack of gargoyle DNA that he has to sip from. Ugh. Daddy, this tastes gross. He's like, just drink it. It's fine. It's got a Capri Sun style straw that he has to poke into it. <laughs> So this is the biggest fucking gargoyle we've ever seen in the show. It's huge. It's got to be like 12, 13 feet tall. He's easily twice the height of Dr. Snape. Yeah. Snape is talking to this gargoyle, but kind of just to himself as he goes on about having to deceive Thalog and Goliath and how, you know, life's been really tough for old Dr. Snape, okay? But, you know, it's all been worth it because tonight's this new gargoyle's time to shine, boy. And Snape is like, my son, say something. Father. Oh, no. There's those daddy issues you were talking about, Liz. Yep. Well, with that weirdness, Liz, we have to go to another break. All right, cool. I need to wash my brain out. Listeners, are you into alpha males, badass leading ladies, and happily ever afters? Then check out another great Calamity Cast podcast, Dick of the Week, where I chat with my other two co-hosts about everything we love and sometimes hate about both writing and reading romance novels. So grab a glass of wine, get comfortable, and let's get down and dirty about romance. Find it on CalamityCast.com or wherever you find your podcast. Well, unfortunately, there's not enough soap in the universe to cleanse me of Dr. Snape's grossness. But (laughs) we are back and we are still in his mansion. Yo. And the gargoyles have returned. Yeah. They all apparently found their stoned, petrified clones. Yeah. Snape reemerges from his subterranean lab to tell them that, like, we could probably fix these clones someday, maybe. But why? They sucked. They were broken. (laughs) They were defective. Yeah, the gargoyles do not like this. (laughs) And Goliath, he gets real angry. (laughs) And he just like snatches Snape up yet again. And is just like growling at him. It looks like he's going to backhand him. (laughs) It's one of the first times I feel like we've seen like a physical violent reaction out of Goliath when he's angry. Snape begins his usual panicking and pants pissing. And he begins shouting something like, Papa needs you, little guy. What is that <laughs> voice? 
trying to do Tim Curry's weird fucking voice, like, it's impossible. <laughs> that was golden. <laughs> and of course, because he is a gargoyle, Snape's clone son comes crashing through the floor from below, thus beginning our very long end of episode fight. Uh, it's the Goliath genes in him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. But this is how, like, we realize just how giant he is. Because, like, it's one thing for him to look giant next to a human. But he makes all of the gargoyles look like puny little things. Liz, I think that you are giving the animators too much credit here. Because clearly he went from twice as tall as Dr. Snape to six times as tall as Dr. (laughs) Snape. As you can see in the image I have provided. What the fuck? Oh my god. Dr. Snape and the gargoyles are now knee high to this giant gargoyle. Oh my god, there's at least four Dr. Snapes. Yeah, Liz. Maybe he wasn't finished growing and we didn't get to see the rest of that happen. But I'm going to say probably not. And it's due to our God love them, Canadian animators. (laughs) (laughs) Through this crashing with Dr. Snape's clone gargoyle son emerging through the floor. Goliath goes flying into some nearby technology machines and Snape shouts, that's the bad guy, get him! And all of the Palgoyles start attacking our giant clone baby. You know what they look like? Hmm. When your cat claws up your leg a little bit <laughs> and you're like, get, stop it, get off, ow! You're gonna put holes in my pants. That's what these fucking Palgoyles look like right now. As they're just <laughs> clinging to his knee because he's standing 30 feet high. Thank God for those tall ceilings in this lab. (laughs) Yeah, can you imagine if he crashed through and he only got like waist high and he couldn't get in the room all the way? He's like, oh no. (laughs) That'd been hilarious, actually. How did this fucking gargoyle clone get so big? Oh, and and then we learned that baby gargoyle big man's name is Anton. (laughs) No, I like baby gargoyle big man. (laughs) BGBM. For the rest of the episode, this guy's name is BGBM. (laughs) Snape explains how BGBM came to be. BGBM flings Lexington towards the ceiling (laughs) where he somehow gets wrapped up into some loose cabling or wires or some shit. It was like they snaked out the ceiling and like wrapped around him. Like, what the fuck was that? Does he have like killer ceilings? Like what? Well, also, I'm pretty sure the entirety of the ceiling is a glass dome. Really? Yeah. Because that looks like drop ceiling bullshit. Right. But... (laughs) Our poor, sweet Canadian animator babies. Okay, guys. Because Lexington didn't just get tangled. They, like, snaked themselves around his body. Yeah, it was weird. These sentient Ethernet cables came out of the totally not glass ceiling. All right, Liz, let's just keep going with this fight, I guess. Yep. So, Snape is like... Ha-ha! <laughs> I can't wait for you to break bad, Liz, and become someone's evil villain. Just going around the city. Ha-ha! <laughs> I'm dastardly, I swear. Evil. Evil Liz. I've come to dog ear all your books. And the thing is, like, you don't even like to dog ear books, but whoever your nemesis is, you know they hate it. <laughs> that would be some petty shit that I do. You steal their bookmark and dog ear. Uh, dog ear the wrong page. <laughs> oh, you're a real bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and then tear the last page out of the book so they don't know the ending. <laughs> Whoa, that is some truly devious shit. <laughs> 
Snape is like little baby, what do I call him? Baby Gargoyle Big Man. It was BGBM. Yeah, Baby Gargoyle Big Man. Snape pretty much just wanted his baby gargoyle big man. So he stopped being terrified of people like Goliath and Thalog all the time. Because he just lives in fear. Hence him screaming awake that someone's going to kill him. Well, I mean, to be fair, dude, you're a huge dickhead. Right. Like, you fucked these dudes over so many times. This is your fault. He's like, no, I know. I know. I fucked up. And uh, I need a guard dog. None of this would be happening right now if you didn't have creepy boner for science. Ew, what's a creepy boner look like? Ew, I don't even want to know. I don't know why my brain's like it has googly eyes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fucking creepy. <laughs> Did he put them there or are they there naturally? Oh, he put them there. I mean, that makes more sense because he's a... F- okay, let's talk more about Snape's dick. <laughs> okay, so Goliath isn't really super into Snape's reasoning here so he snatches him up and he flies him to the highest point in the lab and is basically like all right baby gargoyle big man surrender i'm gonna fucking drop this idiot and bgbm is smarter than goliath realizes and in turn snatches lexington up from the (laughs) spider web of cables which at this point doesn't look like it's glass anymore did they try and sneak like a concrete panel in all of a sudden What are you doing, animators? (laughs) I know I'm harping on them, but we still love them. Okay. BGBM's like, no, buddy, you choose. Who are we putting down? Or am I going to snap this fucking tiny little gargoyle in half? (laughs) Or maybe he's going to eat them. Little tasty snack? Yeah, a little morsel. (laughs) But at that very moment, (gasps) Thalog crashes through the ceiling and begins to attack baby gargoyle big man. Who would have thought? Thalog's helping? We're all shocked and possibly chagrined. I don't know. Even Snape is kind of confused by this whole thing because he could have sworn he watched Thalog take that virus. But here he is, still alive and kicking. A little bit, yeah. He gets tossed aside pretty easily. He is very sick, though. And Baby Gargoyle Big Man's giant. Yeah, he's like 70 feet tall at this point. (laughs) He just keeps getting bigger, yeah. This is all too much for Goliath, who once again dives for BGBM and... Along with the rest of the clan, they pull him to the floor. And it's very hard because BGBM is now like 140 feet tall. (laughs) He's not out, but he is down. Meanwhile, Thalog summons his, I'm going to say ridiculous flying gun, which blasts another hole in the wall and subdues Snape. He's like, nah, I'm not going to go through the giant hole that's already there. I'm going to make my own because it's faster. I mean, the other hole he made earlier. So he just was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep shooting holes in your house. Mm -hmm. Snape's got to know what's going on here, right? He's not so dumb because if Thalog had taken that virus he would have been dead hours ago unfortunately why would I trust a spineless coward devoid of moral fiber you saw what I wanted you to see doctor my injection performance was as convincing as your concern for your creations it was the only way to find out if you intended to betray me and now that we both know the answer it's payback time had a double double cross actually i think it's a double 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 it's a quadruple cross yeah it's just weird to see these two genius level intellects get duped <laughs> meanwhile if deluxe had been part of any of this he was just like oh my god i, I could have seen this coming from a mile away you're all idiots <laughs> yeah <sighs> okay so Phalog goes in for the kill with his flying gun but snape's cries for help and never-ending pants pissing Alert BGBM, who wrestles free from the bros, which, how is that hard? 
He's like 245 feet tall, but he, <laughs> he wrestles free long enough to get his hand on some debris and he just throws a big rock at Thalog and his gun, which just starts going off for like no reason. And that's enough of a distraction to allow BGBM to get on his feet, grab the gun, which you'd think would be way too small for him because of how he's 420 feet tall. But you'd be wrong because the gun grows to fit his grip, okay? Shut up. It can do that. I was so confused. I was like, isn't that Thalog's gun? Yes. Shouldn't that be this big? No. It's suddenly the size of a fucking cannon. Anything that BGBM touches grows to fit his hand. Oh. Yeah. He wants a slice of pizza. He doesn't need to order a giant pizza. He orders a regular size pizza. And when he grabs it, giant pizza. Mm, that's useful skill. Yeah. I mean, he's got magic hands. It's like the Midas touch only makes stuff bigger. He's got the Cialis touch. <laughs> so baby gargoyle, big man is just blasting the gun all willy nilly. Really doesn't have much of an aim here. I mean, he's a baby. So like fair. Is he a baby? I mean, he he's... seems to be a fully developed gargoyle man. <laughs> he is a big man. <laughs> he's 700 feet tall, Liz. He is very big. But as he's just shooting that gun, not knowing what to do, Thalog is dying and having a heart to heart with Goliath. They're both like, you know, you always did mean the world to me. I'm so sorry that shit went down the way it did between us. And it's like, I know, Liz, I know, Liz, I want to just <laughs> stop you right there. That is not at all what happened. <laughs> what are you talking about? No, but Thalog really is like, there's too much to say. He's like, I really enjoyed being annoying to you, is what he said. He was being more emotional leading up to that. Then he was like, you're so fun to fuck with. But the point is, they're having, at least Goliath is feeling like it's a big moment. And Goliath starts fucking crying. And I don't get that. Yeah, he does shed a tear. Like, why are you crying over this dude? He's been nothing but a pain in your ass. He's been trying to kill you this, the entire time he's been alive. He steals your ex-wife like <laughs> they weren't married i mean they were practically married also how do you steal an ex-wife <laughs> bro code man <laughs> they're not bros they, they fucking hate each other they're like why is goliath getting upset why is he crying i don't know doesn't make any sense. I am definitely not sad to see Thalog go. Good riddance, dude. It's about time. Yeah. He's almost died a few times. It's about fucking time. Before he finally croaks, he does slip Goliath the virus. And as baby gargoyle, big man, <laughs> grab up Goliath to finish the fight for good, Goliath gets him with said virus and baby gargoyle, big man, immediately turns green and petrifies. Like in no time yeah is that mostly because we're running out of episode and we gotta hustle on out of here or is it because he's so giant i feel like that would have the opposite effect because it's a little amount of virus but he's like a thousand feet tall snape made it sound like that that is how it was supposed to happen to thalog like he should have like within seconds died but thalog is 972 feet shorter right than bgbm i feel like it would if nothing else it would have taken longer i agree but, you know, we're nearing the end of the episode, so they have to kill him off immediately. Yeah. They killed two gargoyles in this episode. I don't know how to feel about that. Oh, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm forgetting the entire clone clan, which is, as we learn, they're maybe petrified forever. Well, everything kind of winds down and Goliath is like, hey, y'all, sunrise is going to happen soon. We better boogie and get on home. <laughs> yeah. It kind of ended a little uh, quick here, but <laughs> they peace out. They've each grabbed a clone clan member and they fly them to... 
A random building? Oh, really? I thought that they would just put them to the top of Castle Wyvern, so like they're just going to be hanging out in the castle with them. Liz, did you watch this episode? This was clearly not Castle Wyvern. <laughs> this was just like a building. Oh, I assumed that they just brought them home to just like no. join the group, because that would make sense. That's what's wild. <sighs> and I kind of thought maybe it was Dreamboat's apartment building, but it doesn't have the skylights like her apartment does. Oh, yeah. It seems like it's just... Random tall building. And that's not cool. That's not cool at all. Take them to Castle Wyvern. Like, I'm curious if it was supposed to be Castle Wyvern and then the animators were just like, yeah, building. I don't know. I mean, you'd think it'd be easier to animate them on Castle Wyvern because they already have those assets. Because why would they take them somewhere that isn't home if it's about to be sunrise and they're about to turn the stone themselves? Oh, Liz, that's an excellent question. If they're like, oh, sun's going to happen soon, so we got to hurry, but we're going to have to make a pit stop somewhere else. Yep. I think that's why I just assumed it was Castle Wyvern, because it's the only thing that logically made sense. No. Uh-uh. Ridiculous. It's a little unfortunate. <laughs> but the clone clan is gone from the show. We've lost so many gargoyles in this one episode. Yeah. And I won't say it's a good thing for them. I mean, fuck Phalog, but these guys, I guess, at least have some closure to their story. Yeah. A little bit. They got two episodes. I don't know. I feel like the closure before was more like, oh, we get to hang out in the labyrinth with the other people and like be useful. (laughs) Well, Liz, that's the end of the episode. So why don't we take another break? Will Jack. The gym-loving male nurse hottie managed to win the heart of the spunky blue-haired web designer Maggie? Join us to discover if this unlikely pair will have their happily ever after or fizzle out in the end. Love and Lust Season 1 is available for your listening enjoyment now at CalamityCast.com or anywhere you find podcasts. Welcome back, everyone, to Defenders of the Night, where we have just finished watching Gargoyle Season 3, Episode 8... Genesis Undone. Liz, before I ask you what you thought of this episode, it just occurred to me, do you think the ending would have been more effective if we'd seen more of the clone clan? In specifically this episode or throughout earlier episodes, like I had seen more of the clone clan? Yeah, like if we'd gotten more of the clone clan in the series. Because this is the second time we've seen them. Like, I think it'd be much more emotionally impactful if we knew anything about them, if we gave a fuck about them. Yeah. You know, initially when they showed up, they were kind of the bad guys and then quickly became not the bad guys. And we didn't get to see anything with that until this episode where they're speaking in more complete sentences and they've got chiller attitudes, but also probably because they're dying. That was a really good point. I liked this episode, but I do think um, seeing... Not being certain if they are gone for good or if they will ever wake up from their stony sleep, I think would be much more impactful if we had seen more of them before. Well, I mean, you said you liked this episode, so I don't even have to ask it. I think there were certain things that were bizarre, mostly. (laughs) Yeah. The animation and, like, why was Baby Gargoyle Big Man so giant? Like He was 1,200 (laughs) feet tall. And I do have, like, it does feel a little weird. Essentially, all these characters were killed. That never happens. Like, I know they're not actually dead, but, like, they might as well be. Because we don't know if they'll ever wake up again. Yeah, they're not coming back in this season. They try to end the episode on a hopeful note that Goliath was like, Hey, man, it was a thousand years before we had our next breath. You never know what might happen. Cool, I know you're trying to end this positively, but... This was a dark episode. <laughs> well, I already said it. I enjoyed this episode for the weird, sciencey 
shit. Yeah. Dr. Snape just being the most Dr. Snape ever. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think we'll see him again before the series ends? God, I hope not. <laughs> because every time we see him, he gets a little more extra. So what would the next episode with Dr. Snape even be? Yeah. Does he try and splice his own DNA with gargoyle DNA and turn into some gargoyle science madman hybrid? Ooh. Maybe that was episode 14. They didn't get to it. Because I feel like that's just taking like the shit he did to the pack members and doing it to himself using gargoyle DNA instead of whatever creepy shit he did to them. I guess whatever he, he did with Talon and whatnot. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Speaking of Dr. Snape's insane science projects, do you remember how he used to be an old man and the show never explained his de-aging? Yeah! I was thinking about that watching the episode. Because I think it had something to do, like, he was working on something for old Illuminati guys. But they never really went into detail. Nah, they're just like, he's younger now. He just is. I'm just gonna ignore all that. <laughs> so weird. I kind of wish that every time we saw him, he had some sort of other mutation or he kept getting younger. And like in this episode, he was a teenager or something stupid. <laughs> How mad do you think Deluxe would be to learn that he missed out on such a bonkers adventure? When the gargoyles get back to the castle and they're like, you're not gonna fucking believe what we just had to deal with. Deluxe is like, oh man, you should have called me. I want to come. <laughs> you know, I, I am team give Deluxe more screen time pretty much for every single episode, so should have had Deluxe. He would have had a blast. You guys, <laughs> I wanted to fight a 2,000 foot tall gargoyle clone? Come on! <laughs> Need more Deluxe. Well, there are only a few more chances. I know. But before we get there, Liz, we must say goodbye. Okay, I guess. And to our listeners, we'd like to thank you. Yes, you. You know who you are. For listening to this week's episode of Defenders of the Night. We'd also like to thank Ian, the honorary mayor of Bonertown McGowan, for composing our interstitial music. Check him out on Instagram and Twitter at easy underscore breezy underscore Mac, and listen to more of his music at gooddeedmusic.bandcamp.com or sweetgumstl.bandcamp.com. If you want to talk gargoyles or that weird green scaly bit on your arm, use the hashtag gargoyles on Twitter. Well, we're at CalamityCast, I'm at Zirconator, and Daniel's at underscore DS Williams. On Instagram, we're at CalamityCast Network. I am at L Zirkel, and Daniel is at underscore DS Williams. Find us on Facebook at CalamityCast. Email us at CalamityCastNetwork at gmail.com. And visit CalamityCast.com to check out more of our podcasts. If you're crazy about our podcasts, you should head to Patreon.com slash CalamityCast and sign up to support us. A dollar a month is all it takes to bring joy to our lives because we're a cheap date. For one-time contributions, you can always use paypal.me slash calamitycast. To check out our merch, head to our website. Click the shop link at the top of the page and lay your eyes on all we have to offer. We'll be back next week with Season 3, Episode 9 of Gargoyles and an episode of Defenders of the Night that doesn't shed a single tear for Thalog. Fuck you, Thalog. That guy sucks. Boo, Thalog. Boo. Boo, Thalog. But not boo you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. This has been a Calamity Cast production. For more content, visit calamitycast.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.